Welcome everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're filming today from the basement, the Kelder of the Vonnelkirk. Um, so hopefully this will feel a little bit like home for some of you. Um, and what we're doing through this season as a church is that we're working through the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is an, an ancient uh, statement of belief, which is very short, but sums up the essentials of the Christian faith. And we wanted to go through it as a church uh, in this season for two reasons. Uh, first of all, because getting to know who God is and grounding our faith, our belief deep into him uh, is a really crucial thing to do in this season. The, the writer A.W. Tozer said this, what you believe about God, what, what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing in the universe. Now, that doesn't belittle anything that's happening in your life right now or what's going on in the world around us. But more than ever, we need to know who God is. And what we know about God, what we think about God, will shape our entire lives. Another writer, the Puritan John Owen, he said, So much as we see of the love of God, so much shall we delight in him and no more. So the more we see of the love of God, the more we're able to delight in him. And that's what it means to be a Christian, that we can delight, we can enjoy in God. And the more we get to know who he is and what, his, what he is like and what his love for us is like, the more we're able to enjoy him. So in this season, we're going to go deep into God and explore who he is, what he's like and how much he loves us. And this week, we're going to focus on the very first part of the Apostles' Creed, which is this. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Now, that might confuse you because you might think, surely Christianity is about Jesus. But the great thing about this creed, about the Apostles' Creed, is how... Trinitarian it is, and by that I mean it reflects the the Trinity uh, in the in the creed. It it has three I believe statements. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Uh, I believe in the Son, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. And that's we believe in one God who exists as three distinct different yet equal persons. That's what we believe about our God. And that's very much in the logic of the gospel, that God enables believers to relate to God the Father in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now, you might argue, well, that's not in the Bible. Uh, the Bible doesn't mention the word Trinity, but the, this theme of the Trinity is all throughout Scripture. Jesus himself, uh, in, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, encouraged us to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Even the passage you're about to read from Ephesians talks about the work of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. is all there in Ephesians chapter 3. But before we move on, I just want to recommend a book for you uh, quickly. This book here called Knowing God, uh, a very awful old cover, but a wonderful book for helping you to go deeper into God and explore who he is 
Uh, it's a, a wonderfully written, lots of really short, punchy chapters, but will really feed your soul in drawing you more into, into the knowledge of who God is. Uh, what I want you to do now is if, uh, if you're watching this at home, in your living room, maybe with your family or some friends, is to get a Bible uh, and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, and we're going to read just a couple of verses if you want to just read them where you are in your groups. And then you might want to pray together uh, and then we'll come back together. So if you want to read verses 14 and 15 of Ephesians chapter 3 and then pray and then we'll start again. So you might just want to pause your video as you do that. Okay, welcome back. At the very heart of Christianity, the very heart of what it is to be a follower of Jesus, is that we know God is our Father. Let me just read a short excerpt from that book I was recommending to you a moment ago. It says, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. See, why this creed begins with that statement, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, is because that belief shapes the whole of our Christian faith. We see even the passage that you just read, it starts with saying, for this reason, it's reflecting back on what the Apostle Paul in this letter to the church in Ephesus in the rest of chapter 3, he's been writing about the mystery of the gospel, the unsearchable riches of Christ that we now have boldness uh, and with confidence we have access to come and to pray to God our Father. And then that's what Paul's doing here. He's, he's writing down how we can pray to God. It's kind of a, a, a prayer written out in this letter that we can come and bow our knees before our Father in heaven. And that's where it, what it means to be a Christian, first and foremost, is to know God as your Father, to know him as your Father. And that's so important for us. If you're watching this and you're a follower of Jesus, it's so important for your faith that you know God as your Father. Now, an important question is, how is God our Father? What does that mean? Where do we get that idea from? Because you might think, if you uh, have some questions about this, you might think, isn't that just patriarchal language that we're using, that we've kind of given that to God, that as humans we've sort of put this attribute, this fatherhood, we've given that to God as to try and make sense of him. We've decided, oh, well, he must be a father that it's a, a patriarchal thing, as in men who've, ancient men who've wanted power, they've given God this uh, identity as a father to kind of legitimize their own power. That's what some people would believe about this. But actually we find that it was Jesus who regularly referred to God as his father. And that's 
the main place we get this teaching from in the Bible is how Jesus refers to God, is that he talks all the time about his Father in heaven. And not only that, he teaches us to pray. In Matthew 6, that we're told to come and pray to God our Father. That's the language that Jesus uses. And here it says in, in Ephesians 3 that it's from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. See, this fatherhood of God isn't an attribute we've given to God, but it's essentially who he is, what he's like. It's something that's not that we've kind of given to God, but it's something that he's brought down to us. It's a gift he's given us. And it's really important that you understand that because it's important that we see God's fathering and understand it's something that comes from him. Because in that, we begin to see what's true fathering, what the reality of it is to know a father. That's where it's supposed to come from. And our earthly fathering then gets to follow from that. And it's important that we understand that because if it works the other way, if this idea of God as a father is just something that we've given God, that we've decided that we want God to be a father, so we've ascribed it to him, we've given it to him, then that's going to create a problem for us because we don't need to look very far around us in our city, in our society, maybe even in your own family or friends you know. We don't have to look very far to see that human fatherhood is broken, is messy and painful and difficult. And if our idea of God as a father is based upon human fathering, then that's a, a difficult place for us to start. But it doesn't. It comes from him. This is his ideal that he's... Uh, even a creation he sent down into the world of this is what he wants our relations with him to be like and our relations with our family to be like. And yet it's been broken by sin. Our first father, Adam in the garden, sinned against God. And ever since then, human fatherhood has carried this, this taint. It's been broken. It's this has had this imperfection that it's carried within it right from the beginning. But all through the time, there remains a perfect father, a perfect father in heaven. And now through the work of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have access to that perfect father, not because of anything that you've done, but because of his great love poured out for us. You see, the, the sad reality is that we live in a, in a fallen world. And there are many instances of bad fathering or sometimes even absent fathering. Maybe you've grown up and you've never known your earthly father or he's been a distant figure or someone that's caused you pain or difficulty. And no fathering on earth is perfect. In some way or other, all of us have known the pain of 
of broken promises from our fathers, of a lack of attention, a lack of compassion, a lack of patience. Those are probably all things I've been guilty of even this week as a father myself. As fathers, if you're a dad and you're watching this, all of us have fallen short. But in the same way as children, all of us are children and we've all fallen short. We've all let down our parents, but all of us have, as children of God have let down our Father in heaven, that we've all broken our promises, that we've all failed to live the life that even we would want to live, let alone the life that we see laid out in Scripture for us to live. Yet, because of Jesus, you can come to a perfect Father today. You can come as one who's been made righteous, who's been washed clean, who can know his grace and his forgiveness. And you can come to a father who's the perfect promise keeper, who's full of compassion, who's abounding in patience and loving kindness towards, towards his children. And in this season that we're walking through, in a time of isolation, of social distancing, of many people in our city, perhaps you as well, feeling lonely, distant from people, distant from your family, distant from your church family. In an age that we live in of absent fathers, of bad fathers, fathers that have let us down, hurt us, even sometimes in some really horrific, horrible ways, we need to know that we have a perfect father, a good father in heaven, who loves us, who loves you richly and deeply. And what does it mean for us if you're watching this and you're a follower of Jesus, what does it mean for you to know God as your father? Well, first of all, as Paul describes here in this letter, that we're to, we get to bow to our almighty father. And the idea of bowing might just seem like a fairly normal religious practice, or maybe a slightly obscure religious practice. But it's actually an act of, of deep Devotion to God is quite an emotive act. If you think if you were to bow before, uh, you know, the king or bow before your boss at work, that'd be a pretty unusual thing to do. But it would be an act of real reverence. It would be quite a humbling thing to do. And the same way as we bow before God, it's an act of real deep devotion to him, an act of submitting our entire lives to him and in doing that even in that action itself we're saying to our ourself first of all that we're not in control but that he is that even in the season we're walking through now where many of us feel powerless when we're perhaps stuck at home and not able to do all the things we'd like to do where all of our dreams and ambitions feel like they've been put on pause perhaps even indefinitely, perhaps you feel like they've been lost completely and you feel totally powerless. 
when we bow before God, we recognize that reality that we are powerless, but we believe in one who is almighty, who is full of power. And even the most powerful being, the most powerful king or emperor in the whole universe is just a breath compared to, compared to our God. That even the most tiny molecule or even a destructive virus, none of that can thwart or stop the purposes of God, the plan he has for his creation, the plan he has even for your life. None of it can be stopped or thwarted by anything because God is almighty, all-powerful over all things. And no matter what happens, we can come to God in prayer, we can bow to him in prayer, knowing that he's able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And he always brings about all things for the best, for the good of those who love him. Let me turn quickly in the Bible to the book of Matthew, chapter 10 of Matthew. It says this, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Is that such a beautiful thing to consider? That even if a sparrow, a bird, a, a, is to fall from the sky, God knows that. He's ordained that to happen. He's in control of that. That he knows every hair on your head, everything that you're going through, that he cares of all the intimate, tiny details of your life as a loving father, and he's in control of all of it. That should be a great comfort to us in this season. You have a father in heaven who knows your every need, and he desires to give it to you as well. Let me read a further on in or further back even in, in Matthew chapter 7, which is this. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Which one of you, if he asks his son, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So my encouragement to you today would be to, to ask him, to come and ask God, to bring to him all your fears and anxieties, all your worries, everything that's happening in this season, all your doubts and concerns, all the things you've had to put on pause, the dreams and the goals that you've had that all feel sidelined, bring that all to him. Ask him and he will give you exactly what you need and exactly at the right time. He will give it to you. He won't hold back what you really need. And that can be a wonderful 
encouragement to us in this season that we're not lost and hopeless that we can come to our father and ask him ask him for good things and as a loving father he loves to give us good things see because as believers in Jesus we're called into a special unique relationship with God that we are we get to call him our father not everyone gets that privilege but for us who are believers in Jesus we're we're able to call him our father because he's adopted us that's what the bible teaches that he's added us into his family that he's adopted us as his sons and daughters as even as co-heirs with Christ and there's a beautiful privilege that comes with that it says in Romans 8 for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba Father that's such an important verse you've not received slavery in coming to God he's not just or he isn't at all a, an overlord someone who's just wants you to be his his slave that he can push you around and he can make your life harsh and difficult just because he wants to God's not like that he's not an overlord he's a loving father but as it says in this creed he's a loving father and he's almighty he's an almighty father and both those things are true because often in the world we live in that those things aren't true you can't be powerful and loving those things often don't come together that to be in our world particularly for people who are in charge and who have authority to have power normally means a ruthlessness and a, a harshness and a, and a hardness and to have love often we associate that with a softness perhaps even a weakness but yet in the kingdom of God and in the character of God himself we find strength is there in the almighty powerful God and love is there in our loving father and even there's a strength in the kingdom of God there's a strength is even found in weakness that Jesus himself died a death of complete total weakness and yet that was the strongest thing that's ever happened in all of in all of history that his weak humble death is an act of almighty power that's rescued and redeemed us and by which we can now come to God and call him our father it says in 1 John see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are the love that the father has given us we see the evidence of that in his son Jesus dying on a cross for us taking all our 
sins, all our failings as his children, all the ways as children that we've let God down, all the ways as fathers, if you're a father, all the ways we've failed to keep our promises, all the ways we've wandered and gone our own way. We find this wonderful forgiveness, this wonderful love poured out for us. And now we have this wonderful access to our Father in heaven because of the work of Jesus for us. Let me finish by reading these words from a, a, a hymn, a modern hymn. It says, how, how deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you gave your life for us. That you died for us. You took all of our guilt, our shame, our failings, our weaknesses upon yourself. And you defeated death, you defeated sin, you defeated the works of the devil, you rose again. And in that death and resurrection, we died with you and received this wonderful new birth as believers in you. And we're now born into a new family that we can come as sons and daughters of the living God, of kings and queens in your kingdom, of co-heirs with Christ. And each one of us can come and we can pray. We can talk to our Father. We can come and experience intimacy, deep, profound love with our Father. We can know you, even in this season, holding us by our hands, guiding us, caring for us, looking out for us, watching our every step. We thank you, God, that you're such a wonderful, caring, and at the same time, almighty, powerful Father. And we pray that this week you'd help us to put our trust in you, to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.